Welcome to The Boot. That's right, it's The Boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. This week, Kenna and I figure out where they hide all the musicians as we talk about 1987's Mannequin, starring Andrew McCarthy, Kim Cattrall, Carol Davis, James Spader, and Meshach Taylor. Uh, Kenna, I had never seen this movie. Neither. I wasn't very excited to see it. <laughs> but I loved it. But it was incredible. There it was really fun. Performances in this movie that could never be recreated. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start there. We can't remake this movie. <laughs> but well <laughs> But it's incredible as it sits. I might have some ideas. Oh, okay. Well, successful successful writer Brian Flynn has has ideas That's on how right. to fix this movie. Taking Hollywood by storm. What's the matter? Don't you like your new scarf? Not especially. <laughs> what a funny way to say hello. What the hell's going on? My name is Emma Hesseray, but you can call me Emmy. <laughs> this is a joke, right? Some sort of Princeton Company initiation? Who hired you, Hollywood? Nobody hired me, Jonathan. You know who I am. No, no, this can't be happening. I know the sign. The electricity? My brain synapse, it was destroyed. <laughs> I felt so sorry for you last night. You looked so lost and lonely. Well, that's not you saw me? No, you can't be her. When you were making me, didn't you feel a certain inspiration? Almost like your hands were being moved by a force not of this world. You made this body so that I could come to life. So I said, mind the Twilight Zone, or am I just not? <laughs> Any movie that has an animated opening, oh, 100% yeah. a, a perfect movie. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw the animated opening and I said we're about to embark on an adventure that I'm going <laughs> to enjoy. Uh, guys, welcome to the Boot, a movie reboot podcast where I, Brian Flynn, and my co-host Kenna Trent pick a classic Hollywood film and take five characters from that film and recast them as if the movie was to be remade today. This week, obviously, we're talking about 1987's Mannequin. A uh, very strange premise, an insane movie that uh, I'm not not shocked it hasn't been remade or but. Here's the thing. Is it a strange premise? Yeah. It's about a mannequin that falling a ma- in love with a real boy. But, well, the, the real boy. The, but I feel like the baseline, though, is. Yeah. It's a. It's a that's not, that's not wild. Somebody's kind of, definitely right. thought about it. Yeah. I mean. Uh, this we, guy did. Oh, a, a weirdo. <laughs> but, yeah, somebody was definitely like, what if, what if a mannequin came to life and fell in love with me? <laughs> I, know, I know that's how it happened. <laughs> Okay, well, before we get to talking about this movie, we have some real reboot news. And sometimes we have, like, kind of stupid news. And some weeks we have, like, This is like a a red alert. (laughs) This is like DEFCON 1, Code Red. Paramount Pictures is putting out a new face-off remake. It has been the fire of Hollywood this week. Mm -hmm. Everyone is – everyone – you said it earlier, but also – People in my circles kept texting me like, hey, who'd you cast in Face Off? <laughs> I, I was like, to- listen to the pod. Everybody on Twitter has been like, oh, guys, who who are the two new characters going to be? Who do we want to see in Face Off? And I said, boy, do we have a podcast for you. <laughs> so obviously no one's been cast. Mm-hmm. Early uh, days. Early days. Yeah. Oren... Uziel has been set to write the script. Uh, Uziel's credits range from 22 Jump Street to The Cloverfield Paradox and the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Uh, 22 Jump Street, I remember. Never saw The Cloverfield Paradox, and I don't think anyone will ever see Sonic the Hedgehog. 
You just, think it just won't even happen? I mean, why bother? After is, all the work they've put into it redesigning is such Sonic, bad press just based on that whole thing. That I'm like, ah, eh, screw it. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do we think about this? I maybe you should just listen to our podcast. I was gonna say, I feel like we are all for a weird reboot, and we had some ideas. I had some crazy ideas. Now that I look yeah. back on it. Because we gender swapped it, didn't we? Yep. And maybe because at the time I was like, eh, they're probably never going to remake this movie. I remember exactly. Kate Kate Winslet and Rachel Weisz. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that's a movie I would want to see. I would want to see two serious actresses acting the heck out of it. Yeah. Because it's crazy anyway. That's true. Um, Who did I pick? I easily could just look this up. It's not like I don't have it here let's see emily blunt and scarlett johansson probably a little more listen scarjo's got herself in some hot water oh yeah she's need, she needs to take a breather she needs, she needs probably yeah i'm excited for this i think everyone's excited for this yeah i mean part of the magic i think is going to go away once they announce who they've cast because that's yeah. the huge thing is like who are going to play these insane characters i torched all the evidence that proves you're you Okay, so, wow, looks like you're going to be in here for the next hundred years. I have got to go. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. Did I say that? Sorry, I didn't make love to. God, I missed that face. It's nuts. It is crazy. I just feel like The Rock is just like calling his agents. He's like, how is yeah. this not me? And then they're like, well, no one can look like you because you're like such a like special. You need to tone it down. Have you seen those videos he does where he talks about like crafting the body for each of his characters? No. <laughs> no. And it's all, but it's all him being like, okay, so this guy's a little smaller, but he's still like massive. So it doesn't matter. Who is the smaller Dwayne the Rock Johnson character? Well, I think for something like Central Intelligence, he thinks like, oh, like I I need to like tone it down because I don't need to be like, like yeah, you don't insane, need to be insane like like uh, like a Hobbs and Shaw type of. Hmm. But it's so dumb because he's a he is a professional wrestler. He's a professional bodybuilder. Like he yeah. just he's gonna look nuts no matter what. I but know. if he Christian bailed for a movie. See, that's why I feel like it has to sort of be like a Christian Bale. Like, uh, uh, like it needs to be two like Christian Bale, two actors that have skirted around the academy, like around like Oscar yeah. buzz. Yeah. Like, like Travolta has. Does Travolta have an Oscar? Cage has an Oscar. Cage does have an. Oscar. I don't think Travolta. He's been nominated, right? Yeah. I would one hundred percent. We took a different perspective because we cast women in our recast, but I would. Pay so much money to see Christian Bale lose his mind. Yeah, in this for movie. sure. All right, guys. Well, that uh, everyone. This is an early Christmas present for everybody in in, <laughs> in movie fandom. So, uh, you ready to talk about Mannequin? Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys. This is a reboot of Mannequin. There he is. Arrest that man. Who's she? She's who I came for. She's the dummy. I said arrest that man! Keep your hands off him! Claire, thank goodness you're here. These people... Oh, shut up, BJ. You really screwed up. Claire, what are you talking about? When I fired this idiot the other day, I decided to replace him with one of those fancy camera surveillance systems. 
I have Richards and this moron on videotape. I was sure you were behind this. You, you, you greedy snake. Claire. I want those two arrested for breaking and entering and grand theft. And I'll get you later for conspiracy. Yeah, and you can add kidnapping to that, too. Kidnapping? Who? Me. Who are you? She's the dummy! (laughs) (laughs) You might have been too young, but I definitely had glasses like like Hollywood did. Really? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely too young. Yeah, it was a wild time in the late 80s, early 90s, let me tell you. It's okay. We had our our own late 90s tiny sunglasses phase, and, you know, that was bad enough. Yeah. Mannequin, directed by Michael Gottlieb, director of such movies as Mr. Nanny, a movie I remember really loving as a kid. Huh. And A Kid in King Arthur's Court, another movie I kind of remember enjoying. Um, Maybe we should do a, <laughs> a Michael, Michael Gottlieb, Gottlieb month. We <laughs> 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 just descend more and more into more obscure <laughs> auteurs. Um, stars Andrew McCarthy as Jonathan Switcher, Kim Cattrall as Emmy. Carol Davis as Roxy, James Spader as Richard, and Meshack Taylor as the irreplaceable. <laughs> Irrepeatable? No. Uh, <laughs> as Hollywood. Uh, yeah. Let, let's start with Hollywood. He- <laughs> Whoa, we're just jumping. No. Uh, it's, just, it's just so strange to see like a, a pre, not even like pre-90s gay character, but a pre like 2000s gay character. It's just like... This guy might as well have been Chester Cheetah, like animated. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because I kept thinking about, did you see Isn't It Romantic? Uh, Yeah, I did. Um, How like they have a a gay character who's her best friend in the like rom-com world. And he's supposed to be every bad stereotype, every like over the top flamboyant, like insane like bright gay character that we've ever like shoved in a rom-com yeah. and I was like this this was a thing and it and it truly only just recently I think became a thing where we were like I mean gay people are like like we don't have to we don't have to write yeah. them like this <laughs> like, like it's, I don't know why everybody why we thought everybody had to look like this but I'm uh, I'm Jonathan Switcher Hollywood Hollywood Montrose doesn't it just sing? Oh, it sings, yeah. I'm a window dresser here. We're going to have fun, fun, fun. I am so glad you're working here. <laughs> you are. Why, of course I am, honey. I never thought they'd hire anyone stranger than me. Honestly, it was a treat. Yeah, it, it was. It was a guilty <laughs> pleasure to see him on screen. Um, I, okay, we, we got into a little disagreement up top. I think this movie should 100% be remade. I think that you could remake this movie 100%. Mm-hmm. I don't... Here's the thing. This movie, I feel like, has a very special feeling about it. It's like a kid's movie for adults. Yes. There's just something so playful about it and it's, so innocent. It's like a PG sex rom-com. Does that make sense? Because there's sex in the movie. And, you don't see any of it. And because, yes, and because there's all this sort of like vague tiptoeing around this idea of how everybody's like, he's obsessed with a mannequin. And like, nobody's really saying it, but they're like, oh, he's sexually attracted to this mannequin he created. And nobody is, nobody's alarmed. It's not like there's any sort of, nobody's questioning his uh, mental wellness. Like everybody is just like, ugh. 
there goes Switcher. Because he's an artist. He's obsessed with mannequins. <laughs> Um, okay, so I was trying to think of an idea of like how do you make this how do you make this work today? Um Don't start in ancient Egypt. Really? <laughs> I this is so funny. I love the idea of a time traveling muse. I don't know why. Oh, I thought okay. it was really kind of fun. Because it starts off where she's just like, I don't want to get married, and they're like her mom it's like a 90s sitcom in an Egyptian tomb. <laughs> And her mom's like, what are we going to do with you? And she's like, I want to go see the world. And then, like, suddenly there's, like, smoke and lightning. She's gone. And then there's, like, a cartoon that shows us, like, her, like, traipsing through time and helping all these, like, other, like, creatives. Emmy, if I thought we women that could anyway change anything, don't you think I'd encourage you? No, 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 no. These are the times we live in. Mother, there's got to be a better way. Please, gods. Please. Help me find it. Sure, 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 the Nile is overflowing. There is a wheat shortage. The Pharaoh has hemorrhoids. The gods have bigger things to worry about than you. I was like, I don't hate this story for some reason. I legitimately thought I was watching the wrong movie. Because when it's, I was like, okay, so I get it. Like, it's about a mannequin who comes to life. And then the movie starts and it's like... The city of, of, what is it, Egdu or something like yeah. that. And I was like, wait a second, there's no way this is the correct movie. So then when Kim Cattrall shows up in ancient Egypt, which is a problem. Sure. <laughs> I was like, oh, huh. There's magic. There is ancient gods. Uh-huh. This mythology is so much bigger than we could have ever imagined. I think because it starts at such a hot point that the rest of the movie comes down closer to a like reality that you buy it because it's literally starts. <laughs> they in ancient blow your Egypt, mind minute one. That you're like, what are we watching? And then it suddenly is like Philadelphia, 1987. And this guy, this mannequin comes alive. You're like, you're like, yeah, uh, she traveled through time <laughs> through the use of, of polytheism. Like it, it, I liked it. I don't know why. Maybe because I'd never seen this movie before and I wasn't expecting it. Mm. And I was just like, this is a choice. And I just, I kind of really enjoyed it. Um, so I kind of stuck with that. Like, I'm sort of seeing this remake being somewhere between like Night of the Museum and Five Feet Apart. Like, <laughs> fascinating. I, I don't know why. But that's where I'm heading, guys. But I do think there is something really lovely and magical about a very light, especially I think because. Our current, uh, our current releases are so saturated with like teen sex comedies yeah. that there's something so refreshing about a very very light like teen movie. Like the stakes are so low. Yeah, the movie is essentially about a department store window display rivalry gone wrong, <laughs> and. We're just going on this adventure of this guy figuring out that he <laughs> that he loves this like whirlwind of a woman yeah. who appears in his life. I I like that. I like that it's very so I agree. I tried to keep it I wanted to keep it on the same wavelength because I was like, let's just make a fun movie. Yeah. Like if we're gonna remake it, let's not try to Let's not make a dark, gritty reboot of Mannequin. No. I, no one I know, wants that. I know you want that, Hollywood. No one wants that. I know somebody's pitching that out somewhere. Um, okay, should we start with Switcher? Yes. Played by uh, Andrew, Andrew McCarthy. McCarthy. Um, 80s heartthrob. 80s heartthrob. A couple 80s heartthrobs. Him and Spader in here. Yeah. Like a weird less than zero. 
Pretty in Pink reunion. Oh, yeah, Pretty in Pink. Weren't they both in Less Than Zero too? Yeah. I've never seen Less Than Zero. Less Than Zero came out the same year. Pretty in Pink was the one or two years before, before. I think. These guys must have just crushed it in Hollywood just being like, come on, guys. I mean, they show up to set together and people are like, yeah, they're like, you're going to, you're going to cast Rob Lowe. You're going to cast Robert Downey. No, you want us. You want, you want, <laughs> you want McCarthy and Spader. The, yeah. The spades and the, and the McCarthy. Which is so funny because I feel like, uh, Spader was cast so much as like a, he was always like, not, not necessarily a villain, but always like a darker character. And so you kind of assume that Andrew McCarthy's career would have taken off, but yeah. Spader's still killing the game. Yeah, I know. And where's Andrew Mc- I literally have no idea. I don't know. Is he still alive? I, yeah, <laughs> I think. <laughs> let's not. Let's just hope. Um, okay. I hope so. I love Andrew McCarthy. Who wants to go first? Who, let, I'll go first with Switcher. First of all, Jonathan Switcher is a creepy guy. Yeah, He's just 100%. He's like a creepy guy. 100%. Uh, there's no way around it, but the film does a really uh, – they it, they do a depthful depth, – depth? Deftful? Fuck it. They do a really good job. <laughs> they do a really good job um, to make sure that he's not seen as any kind of like sociopath. Um, probably because we kn- we know that Emmy is real. Like we, kn- the audience knows yes. that Emmy is a real woman. Like she's like a magical spirit that inhabits yeah. the body of a mannequin, and she can turn it on and off at will. So Jonathan's not crazy, but um, it it. <laughs> It's just weird. But it, that's what makes it so strange is that we – like we see him on the back of – we see Emmy on the back of his motorcycle and we're just like, oh, well, yeah, obviously she's not going to appear in her real form in right. front of everyone else. But like everybody else is just sort of like mildly concerned. Right. Um, and I like that. I kind of like it because he learns to like to be himself and that's to not true. worry about what other people think, which is kids – is the real deal. Yeah. Um, so I needed someone who could play very young, play a very young, creative youth, someone who wants to become like a quote unquote great artist or whatever this new youth is, this Gen Z person. Would they be Gen Z? Yeah. I ended up picking an actress who I picked for another 80s movie we did this year. I picked Kersey Clements from okay. Heartbeat Loud. Um, I think she is a really fun actress to watch. Um if hearts beat loud, she plays like a, a woman who is like this wonderful musical talent that her dad tries to get out of her and she like fights it. And then you realize that like, no, she's like, she's like the real deal. Yeah. And I like watching her and I think she's going to have a huge career. So I'm trying to like get in there early. I'm trying to get in there early before she like kind of starts hunting for Oscars, maybe like kind yeah. of Emma Stone kind of path. Um, so that's what I picked. And, I, and uh, what do you say to that? What do you say to that? <laughs> I like Chrissy Clemens. I think, uh, obviously, super talented. I like, I get a sort of like artsy vibe from her, which I think we have to, we have to have in the whole process of this, mm-hmm. of of Switcher being, like, that's just part of what makes him odd. Yeah. Is his creativity. <laughs> What's so odd to, no, what's truly odd is that he's a sculptor. Lost! <laughs> Alright, great, I was just coming to see you. You know, you could get the Dummy of the Week awards, would you? Yeah, she turned out pretty real, didn't she? I wasn't talking about her. Oh. Well, what do you think? It only took me six days to do it. I figure I could turn out maybe three, four of these a month. You're supposed to knock off three or four of these a day, Switcher! Now get back to work! But what about quality, boss? I mean, style and grace, these things take time. That's it! You're fired! 
Okay, but can I finish her? You see, I, I'm, I'm a sculptor. Well, I'm trying to be a sculptor. And she's my... Beat it! Now! He's a sculptor who we never see sculpt, and he works in visual merchandising, and he then decides that that's what he wants to do with his life, as opposed to, like, actual studio right. art. Um, and I kind of thought that, like, this movie... <laughs> He wants to dress the windows. He th- he's a talent for dressing right. windows. Like, I don't know what my version, what creative space my switcher would live in, whether mm-hmm. it's, like, studio art or fashion or, or visual merchandising. But I think, like, whatever switcher did artistically would have to have be written to have more of, like, a statement about, like, their worldview mm-hmm. as opposed to just being, like... Isn't it great how I have all these like tennis like like I have I have all these mannequins riding bikes and everyone's walking the streets of Philly being like right. Oh my god People What is happening? Are crowding around these windows. He's like Banksy. Like, like it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. It is incredible. Like I mean that's something that movies do that you can't that just doesn't read in real life. I feel like in every single movie, department stores are like way more important than they ever are in right. real life. Yeah. They control the market. <laughs> they control people's thoughts. They, they control Santa Claus. They control Santa Claus. <laughs> they are everything. I just think that like whatever this form her creativity takes, it should spill out into the world as like art. Yeah. And it shouldn't be like, we should really see that it transcends commercialism. And people be like, oh, my God, she is, like, amazing and talented. Like, w- she is a commodity that everyone seeks. Yeah. Because what Andrew McCarthy's version doesn't really seem to be that groundbreaking to be like, hey, we have sporting goods. Let's show off the sporting goods section. Here's the thing. I think I think that this is an interesting choice because I do think that it's something that would need to – it would necessitate you making a statement and being like, this is about like her discovering her, her creative muse, like what she really wants to do. She's lost because that, I mean, truly that storyline gets lost. I think in the romance of it all, like, it's not just like, Oh, she comes into his life as a whirlwind and then exits once she knows that he has found who he really is. No, they fully get married in the department store at the end of this movie. <laughs> in the window. So That was another problem I had, but I let's let's hear who you picked. Okay, so before we get to Emmy. For my switcher, I liked the I love Andrew McCarthy's energy in this in that it is something that I think would ring true for a lot of millennials. The idea of like, I know what I want to do creatively, but I can't seem to hold down a job in real life. So what do I do? That kind of thing. Uh, so I sort of wanted to keep, I feel like I picked an actor who could play it a very similar way, but I just love like the frantic energy he brings. And I think the statement that I would wish to make is more that like Emmy like centers him. Yeah. The point isn't for them to get together. It's more yeah. for him to discover who he really is. Anyway, so I picked Joe Keery from Stranger Things. Uh Steve. Steve, yes. Not the brother, not Will's brother. Yeah, I think he's great. And I feel like he has the public on his side, but he doesn't do much other than Stranger Things. That is weird. So, which is odd because I feel like he was a real breakout of the series of people being like, wow, this guy's a lot of fun. But he hasn't, he's done nary a TV show guest spot, a, a random straight to Netflix rom-com. Like nobody's snatching him up. I think after they wrap, 
they just put him in a crate and the duffers <laughs> put him under their house. They say sleep now. Sleep now. Um, well, I mean, that would make sense because his hair truly defies all logic. Yeah, it is a it is a truly 80s haircut. But yeah, no, I think he would be a lot of fun to watch because there is something, again, a really odd characteristic of this movie is that there's straight up slapstick humor in this. Like he shows up to the department store, ends up having a conversation with the woman who runs the place. Then he saves her life in that sign dropping. And then he is fully swinging on this sign like, oh, hold on a moment. Be right with you. It was great. And he gets zapped in the butt. Not once, but, but twice. twice. Young man, I'm sorry. No, that's the... Ah, no problem. Ah. If I can make it up to you in any way. Yeah, I, I could use a job. What do you do? Anything. When can you start? Uh, as soon as I finish this. Yoo-hoo, young man, what's your name? Uh, my name is uh, Jonathan Switzer. You're hired. Thank you. My lucky day. I, there's a lot of slapstick, and I think that's what kind of, like, makes it... It's a constant reminder that it's like, look, this movie's about fun, fun, fun. Yeah. We are not, like, we are not here to solve, like, any social problems <laughs> here. But I do think that there could be a little bit more to yeah. what is happening. But I agree with you. Like, I think that's a great pick. And especially how you talked about how, like, Emmy needs to be... Amu- she needs to truly be a muse mm-hmm. to Jonathan as opposed to just, like, a... S- She's kind of a sex object, really, in the... Yeah, well, I mean, she's a mannequin. She's a literal She's literally object. just like a stiff, un- lifeless thing that you... That, that he, he molded for his pleasure. pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Emmy, shall we? Yes. The, the, the titular mannequin. Yeah, she's a mannequin, all right. I, I agree with you that I didn't love the idea that when we meet Emmy, she's like, I want to go to a place where women can, like, have free thoughts and do what they want. And at the end of the movie, she's rewarded with a wedding. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, we can assume that they lived a life of adventure, but really it just sort of think, I think they just live in the department store. Well, it's a weird thing <laughs> they of live like. In the window. <laughs> they dress it every night. I would not be shocked if like, if we didn't, re- if this movie we created was just a sequel and it's older Andrew McCarthy. And if he's still alive and Kim Cattrall like still living in this but like it is interesting that he creates a mannequin to his own specifications like yeah. his perfect woman and then she inhabits that thing and makes it real yeah like it sort of makes you wonder like she's been through so much she has been through all of history why stop now like why? Why know. stop? For, McCart- for this why, like twenty year old boy who why become concert? real just so you can be with this? Like it's just it is interesting that like her goals don't line up with his goals, but ultimately his like him being with her overshadows like this idea that like she just wants to be a real girl. And it also sets up this idea that like she's been with a lot of famous people like Michelangelo yeah. and like like she goes through time and dates all these like amazing inventors and mm-hmm. artists and. Emmy, you're back. You remind me a little of my old boyfriend, Chris. He didn't have any confidence either. Chris? Who's Chris? Oh, just a sailor. I told him that the world was round and I never saw him again. Christopher Columbus? (laughs) You knew Christopher Columbus? Uh Uh-huh. So, you didn't come here directly from Ed Food then? Oh, no. Along the way, I tried out different times and places, but none of them ever really seemed right. You didn't happen to run into Michelangelo. 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 Oh, yes. 
Oh, he wasn't very interested in me. He was involved with some guy named David. It sort of feels like Jonathan is supposed to be like the next great artist. Yeah. And that never comes to play. It it like the dream dies in the department store kind of like so. Because that, I feel like they were like this movie as is just never could never make it there. It's because yeah. that's too heavy. This movie is popcorn. Right. Um, I mean the song, not the. Oh, God. The song. <laughs> oh, boy. OK. <laughs> uh, who'd you pick? I picked because I wanted a fashion icon. Oh. Um, and someone that the teens would really show up for, I think. Mm. And I'm shooting for the moon here. But I think Zendaya is oh. Emmy for a new generation. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what what am I gonna say about Zendaya? Nothing. She's incredible. Yeah, she's she great. just released her line with Tommy Hilfiger. It's absolutely wonderful yeah and i was like seeing all the videos on instagram and i was like man there are i feel like we are a generation of like models turned actresses yeah but none of those people seem to suit the character the way i think that and certainly she wouldn't be i don't think as much of a like bubblegum like (laughs) like emmy yeah she won't be like it is emmy the first manic pixie dream girl or is she like don't Unbe- we ask this like every other <laughs> But like unbeknownst to like – because the term was coined like in the 90s. But like right. unbeknownst to the audience at the time, like she's a woman that doesn't really have much of a personality. She just loves new experiences and like she's literally made for the pleasure of the guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, by definition – by definition of like what we were just talking about, like she's she does sort of have her own perspective, but her perspective is taken over by his and she becomes the character who just like services his. Right. So, yeah. So I think like Zendaya is a great choice because one, she would never let that shit fucking happen. Yeah. Two, it wouldn't, ha- it wouldn't really. Ha- it would be a terrible movie now if we still did that. Yeah. Um, but like she can occupy a space of someone who actually has more than, you know, the, just to fall in line with whatever switcher wants to do. Yeah. Um, I had a really weird thought about this movie that okay. I'm going to pitch you, but great. I'm I excited. Didn't, I didn't actually do it, but I had this weird idea that like if Emmy can like travel through space and time, what prevents her from staying in one mannequin? It's a great question. Is it? What if it was like he's created like one or two mannequins and she three mannequins and she can like pop around to different like bodies. And so that way, like it was like this weird idea that like this is a very heady thing for the for the film mannequin. But like if Switcher was still to like sort of fall in love with Emmy as like the muse, as someone that like inspires them, but not necessarily end up together with them. I think it would be interesting to have a series of actors play this role like beautiful uh, wonderfully like talented kind of like so all the mannequins like look different it looks different like yeah men women different like ethnicities and they in different ways like inspire but it's like the same like spiritual muse that kind of like flies through them but that's too hard to do for this podcast so i did pick one actor <laughs> who would kind of be maybe the most um Generalized version of that weird idea. Okay. Um, I ended up picking Charles Melton of Riverdale. That is so insane because tr- I'm 100% not kidding you. 
my first thought, I was like, I'm going to switch this up. And I was like, honestly, because I think Charles Melton would be the perfect mannequin. He, he kind and of. And I didn't yeah. do it. <laughs> so as we but all know. But I think you're absolutely yeah, correct. As super fans of this the show know that I I watch Riverdale. I think it's great. I refuse to see his new movie. It just looked terrible. But I think he's really talented. Mm-hmm. I think he's like. He looks statuesque. Yes. But I think like I know we just talked about how we don't really want the bubbly, like weird kind of version of Emmy, but I think he could play, you know, someone out of time weirdly. Yeah. I don't know how that's a thing that you could assign an actor, but But he's so like tr- he looks like he would be very brooding, but he's so effervescent and charming. Yes. That you can see him without it being sort of like an airheady type thing. You can see him just being like, why not? Like, yeah, I'm not like I'm just here to try new things. Why not? Why aren't we doing this? Why don't we do this? Like and pushing switcher. I 100 percent agree. Yeah. And I, and I know that like Emmy at the top is supposed she's like she just wants to go where like women can be like heard and valued. I think if I was just to say like Charles Melton is like a guy traveling through time, I think it would just be someone who wants to experience new things like their yeah. their essence or their spirit or whatever you want to call it is so creative and free of flight that it he has to just keep moving through space and time. But also I love turning since we were sort of talking about Amy being a manic pixie dream girl. I love the idea of turning that on its head. And instead of her being like, oh, I've inspired all these great men, like sort of subversively. He's like, yeah, I've been in relationships with all these like really cool, creative women in the past. And there's just something about that that rings so much more true of of. Like women not being at the service of men necessarily. And it and that being which again makes me think that maybe for Emmy and Mannequin, maybe the thing that isn't really pinpointed in the movie, so it's hard for us to really see. But maybe it's a thing of like she wants to be where she feels like she can have more freedom. And so every in every like time period she stops, she's like, This is great, but I can't stay here. Yeah. And so she finally gets to Philadelphia in nineteen eighty seven <laughs> and she's like, This is this is freedom. Sure, she's got a lot ahead of her. <laughs> we won't tell her about that. But maybe she sees this yeah. as like, yes, finally I can do what I really want to do. Marry a man. I'm gonna say, Kenna, <laughs> marry a man. Jonathan, are you really sure this is right for you? I'm positive. What about you? You've waited a long time. How do you know you're not missing something better 5,000 years from now? There could never be anything better than being here with you. This is one guy who's never going to leave your side. I'm going to say, Kenna, I did not expect this much support for <laughs> this actor and really? this pitch. Yeah, I honestly, I thought you were just going to call me like banana land crazy. No, but I am one like trust me when I say that I was like the cornerstone of this cast was going to be I just really wanted Charles Melton to be Emmy. <laughs> but I'm like I'm truly not exaggerating when I say that's exactly what I was going to do. This is just making me feel that like I nailed this and Yeah. We'll just see how how good or bad <laughs> I've done for the last three characters. <laughs> And then I'm just going to walk straight into who made this movie? Paramount? I don't know. Fox? And, and say, do I have a just, pitch for just you? Just be like, listen to me. I've, I've cracked it. All right. Let's move on to Roxy, played by Carol Davis. First of all, <laughs> poor Roxy. Poor Roxy. As much as she is an antagonist to Switcher, which I don't fully understand why it has to go so deep right. and why she ultimately is the one who tries to who like puts Emmy on the conveyor belt to destroy her. 
Um, I don't know how we got there, you know, except for maybe it's, you know, men using her as a as a tool to right. accomplish their right. evil schemes. But her okay, Armand, her coworker. Problem. This guy's a problem. Is a huge problem. The first interaction we see with them is happening at their place of business, and he is straight up like I've seen him pick you up. That little pissant. You can't tell me that he's satisfying you sexually. But that's none of your business. I would like to make it my business. I would love to sink my teeth into your little bottom. This is her job. And this man is like. He's in her office. Yes. At her desk. I could I could not believe. Ugh. And so when she finally was like, yeah, sure. I was he like, Roxy. He wore her down. He wore no, her down. No, Armand is such a creep. Such a creep. I um I saw this as an opportunity to maybe re-jigger Roxy as less of a like former love uh love interests, former ex-flame. Yeah. And maybe just like uh a former coworker or someone in her social circle who um at first, maybe looked down on Switcher, and then when she when Switcher's fame starts to like kind of explode, uh, starts to like then starts to get like Switcher back into whatever if it's a, the department store or whatever it's supposed to be like to try and get a leg up because I think it's I think nowadays there's a lot to say about jealousy amongst like people young people trying to like make it in their careers like we've mm-hmm. seen it we've experienced it all guys yeah everyone's gonna have great things happen to them and yeah everyone's jealous of everyone's jealous of us let's just be honest let's just be honest get it <laughs> and we don't give a fuck no um <laughs> so i just thought it thought it would be more like that contextually rather than like they go on a couple shitty dates and she's like oh, first of all like in the beginning, we meet her. He's trying to take her out on a date. Oh, boy. And she's like, a motorcycle? Ew. She's so embarrassed to be oh picked God. up by him. And then they get ice cream, and she's fully like, I don't think we can do this anymore. And I was like, <laughs> what just happened in this ice cream <laughs> shop that she's all of a sudden like, we just, we can't, you can't even take me home. Like, I just need to walk away from you right That's now. That's literally how Michelle Obama fell in love with Barack Obama. That he took her to Baskin Robbins at the end of the night. Yeah. And- and that that was it. Which I mean, I think we can all agree, ice cream <laughs> seals the deal. Um, I was thinking of an actress who I first considered to play the mannequin because she's <gasps> gorgeous and uh, stunning. But I recently watched her in a movie that just came out, and she was so good as as like the character she was playing. I was just like, I'm just, I just want her in this fucking movie. She was okay, so good. Great. I picked Samara Weaving mm, from Ready mm-hmm. or Not. She is so good in that movie. It's a great choice. And it could have been so easy for the directors of that movie to just be like, you're just like a scared young woman. It's your mm-hmm. wedding. You don't know what's happening. And just run around and scream. And she was just like the opposite. She yeah. was totally in control, totally had personality and, you know, and, and I just thought that she was great. And so I, when I see her as Roxy, I honestly see her as someone who, instead of this like, oh, I want to win him back so I can like use him for my career, it would it would be like maybe she works at this really really um, insane corporate, like whether it's like a fashion company or a marketing company or something like Condé Nast or something like yeah. that. And she offers to take Switcher with her. It's like, I'm going to, I'm like going to launch my career. And, you know, 
you can come with me. Like, come with me. And Switcher's like, no, I want to stay here. I want to do my own thing. Like, I'm I'm now – I'm going to leave money and I'm going to pursue art. And I'm yeah. going to pursue the creative life. And, and maybe uh, Roxy's like – you know, she's the flip side. She's like, no, it's like I'm going to rise up in this corporate world under the guise of being an artist. Uh-huh. And that rivalry I think is way more interesting than yeah. like – Jonathan, you're riding around town with a mannequin on the back of your motorcycle. What is wrong with this picture? Oh, right. You two haven't met. Roxy, this is Emmy. Emmy, Roxy. Nice to meet Oh, my God. What am I saying? Jonathan, I want to give you one last chance. Now come to Illustra. What is in this for you, Roxy? An office with a view? I don't need Illustra. Or you. No, I think that's a really great choice. Yeah, this character, like, has to be... This character has to be changed. Because she just has to have her own... She just has to have her own story. It can't just be... Oh, she didn't want to be with Switcher when she thought he was a loser. And now she does because her boss is telling her they have to acquire him for the company. Right. Um, she she can do so much more. And I love Samara Weaving. I thought she was fantastic and ready or not. And it's is someone I think now who will be noticed and be picked up for for more stuff. For more than just looking exactly like Margot Robbie. Okay, so for my Roxy, I felt a little bit, I was sort of the same in that I wanted to switch things up. But I feel like for my Roxy, I wanted her to be a young, hungry, so she works for the competing department store that's not the one Switcher works at, Illustra. And I kind of imagine that maybe there is no, like, weird romantic backstory, but it's more just like this person is trying to build her career Maybe she even worked with Switcher at one of his many failed jobs um, and thought he was a loser, didn't really have anything together. And so she does the same job that he does. And so when she starts seeing him succeed, there is that weird because I like the idea of the movie sort of the theme of the movie being about like young people trying to make it in the world, trying to find their purpose in their careers um, and really the journey that it takes us all on. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, oh, I so I I did finally see Midsommar. Yes, and it was wonderful, and it was terrifying, <laughs> and it's it's been ingrained in my body ever since I left the theater. But the scene where uh, Christian tells Josh that he's doing this the thesis, mm-hmm. I just Ugh. that totally popped in my head for this, where it's like. Switcher gets a job as like a visual merchandiser or whatever. And then Roxy being like, what? You can't do that job. Like I'm doing that job. And he's like, well, I got hired to do this job. And then he's like even better at it than she is. I think, yes, I agree with you 100% that there should be that competition for her. Because if we want her to sort of be on the side of the bad guys, she's so sympathetic in this movie. Like (laughs) I don't want her to be mean. So let's give her a reason to be... Uh, to be fighting back. And so maybe it is that she sees Switcher succeeding and she's like, no, if you're going to do that, then you should just come work for me. Yes. But don't just go off and do whatever you want. So my young, hungry Roxy, who I think would be really fun and funny Ooh. and interesting, is Haley Steinfeld. I love it. She's so good. I, lo- I love watching her. And I think she would be super... As mean as she could possibly get, she would also be really fun mm-hmm. to watch sort of crumble under this idea of like, what's this guy doing? I know. Weirdly, like Pitch Perfect 3, I loved her in the, 3 or 2? 
Well, she's in she's in both. She's in both. When she shows up in two, I was like, she's great. I mean, True Grit, she's great. When she was like ten in that movie, um, yeah, and she just got cast. I don't know if it's official, but they were rumored that she's going to be in that Hawkeye show. And I, as a nerd, that's like perfect casting. I think that's yeah. a great pick. Weirdly, though, to to have her be sort of like an antagonist would be really interesting. So would like well, would, would Roxy like learn a lesson and sort of not really be a bad guy, or would it still like? Would she still throw the dummy onto the thing? And- yeah, I really don't like that ending because everybody else I'm okay with being like, oh, you're the bad guys. But there's something about it should be Richard. Yes. Not anyone. It should be Richard. Is like the Because it seems so aggressive for her to be the one to be like, gotcha. When yeah. really, like, what does she have against the dummy? Like, she has a problem with Switcher, not like everybody else has a problem with the dummy and wanting to own it and take it away from him. And right. Also, how dark is it that everybody's like, oh, he's in love with this mannequin? Let's kill it <laughs> I know. it's, like, it's a mannequin who cares leave it alone just let god just leave him alone he's not hurting anybody he's, not hurting anyone. he's probably dying a little inside but he's not hurting yeah. anyone should we move on to richard richards let's spend a little less time on richard because i don't i mean i think james spader does a wonderful job in this movie he's incredible i think the richard character is just the true villain of everything and i really just want to talk about hollywood <laughs> okay so you're, I don't mean to cut into your Richard time, but yeah, no, right. I had a singular note, and that is his physicality is perfect. Yeah, just this perfect, scrawny, like gangly nerd. We there's a the clip we were watching earlier. There's just a point where he's just reacting to whatever like Claire is saying, and his face is telling such a story. <laughs> Here's the weird thing: so James Spader was 27 in this movie, mm-hmm. and we're to believe that this kid like. I, like, this must just be a testament to James Spader being an incredible actor because, like, we're to believe that he has risen this far in this company at that age is, is like – But I think for him it's strange. a thing of, like, I'm – because he's the same – about the same age as Switcher. And I think it comes from this place of, like, he's the one who made it. Uh-huh. And so when – because for a while I was like, why is he even upset? Like, just let him live. Like, he's just he's dressing the windows. Yeah. And it's his thing that he's like, no, like, I'm the I'm the boy wonder. Like, I'm the one who is in charge of this. I need to be in charge of you. And so the fact that, like, he just keeps rising through the ranks and people seem to love him yeah. really irks him. Yeah. Because that's, that's who he's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, okay, so for my Richards, I picked – Guys, it's just all about the teens. It's all about making the teens happy. Okay. I picked Cole Sprouse. Oh, I love Cole Sprouse. Because I wanted to see, I wanted to see his businessman. Damn it, do I love Cole Sprouse? <laughs> to see his businessman slicked back hair and just him like cutting shapes at people all movie. Um at first, let let me let me give you my initial reactions to hearing the name Cole Sprouse. First excitement. <laughs> Then, then I was mad that you made him a bad then guy. Fear, and then, then fear, but titillating fear. <laughs> um, you know, Cole Sprouse is my fucking hero. I love the, I love the kid. The guy's gonna be the next Batman or the next Iron Man. I swear to God, like I don't know how. If actors were stocks, I would buy. <laughs> I've, I would have spent so my life savings on Cole Sprouse. Wow, great pick. I love it. Um, I still thought it was weird that. Richard was the same age. Something about it was just like weird. And what I what I so when I was thinking about it, I wanted to pick someone that was older that would sort of feel the heat of these younger people kind of okay. coming up. And maybe because I'm watching too much Succession, oh. I also had this weird idea that like, what if Richard was Claire's son? 
And he just like wanted out of the department store business now. And he was just like, he could sell his shares for like a couple million. Or if he became the head of the entire company and sold out, he could make billions. Um, Anyways, I wanted to pick someone who uh, could be hateable, but Mm -hmm. in a sort of comedic way. Okay. Not that we like actually hate this guy. Again, you don't have to be a bad person to play bad people. Right. You don't have to. Let's just put that disclaimer out there. (laughs) Acting is where you pretend to be something you're not. (laughs) I picked Glenn Howerton of Always Sunny and AP Okay. Yeah. Um, Because he he plays like a really like great secret villain, like someone who's just like constantly Mm -hmm. self-serving and selfish. But is really funny and manic and and expressive, and I really like that. Yeah, that quality of uh, yeah. He's got a great like evil, secret evil businessman vibe. Yes, which is lightning in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who cares about Richard? Let's move on oh. to Hollywood, played by Meshach Taylor, um, who played a similar character in Designing Women. Love More, Designing I, Women. I weirdly did too. Um, <laughs> I don't. I didn't have cable, guys, so I just watched whatever was on. <laughs> Um, obviously this character is a problem. Obviously this is, this character is the basis of Keen Peele's Gremlins 2 sketch <laughs> where, uh, Jordan Peele plays star magic Jackson Jr. The script, the script, the Hollywood the script, script doctor. doctor. Sequel script this, doctor. Yeah. Let me introduce myself. Hi y'all. My name is star magic Jackson Jr. I'm the Hollywood sequel doctor. So studio just brings me in to oversee things when they about to drop a deuce. So that's why I'm here, but don't mind me. I'm just gonna be over here. Y'all do your thing. It's your movie. Um, he dresses like an Andy Warhol painting. He He has a pair of sunglasses for every occasion. It is wild. He plays a lovelorn gay character who is just the most stereotypical of stereotypical what's fascinating about this character is that this movie starts in ancient egypt and then we go to 1987 philadelphia and um, we know that we're about to experience a mannequin coming to life but we meet hollywood montrose and this movie enters another dimension (laughs) (laughs) but it's like weird because like this movie is so presciently like pro lgbt like rights like it's so like accepting of this character like when um when switcher runs into felix the security guard and felix is something like derogatory about hollywood switcher comes to his defense he mm-hmm. like as someone who was watching it not in ancient egypt but in 2019 yes. america I which we like, should say yeah. that out front we're right. not in ancient we're not podcasting from ancient this egypt. is not a children's hospital i know thing. that's what we're not got. in brazil yeah we're not we in didn't Cairo. discover the stargate we're not on another oh, planet stargate um speaking of james spader um yeah i just love that moment and just what is your assignment here tonight boy i'm helping hollywood with the window oh the little mary has an assistant now huh? where do you people come from ohio ohio you mean they got him in Ohio? So, you like your new assignment? Could have been worse. Could have put me on with a bigoted jerk. And Hollywood as a character is also accepting of the of the strange like and unique uh, relationship that Switcher finds himself yeah. in. He weirdly like protects him. Right. 
in a way. That's it! A demonstration! I will create a media event. You call the newspaper boys and girls. The headline will read, If Jonathan is fired, Hollywood flies. Excuse me while I step out into the window ledge. No, Hollywood! Hollywood! Ah! Ah! Come on! Ah! Oh. I'm sorry. Okay. I do get carried away sometimes. No, not you. Oh, that Richard. He gives men a bad name. No, no, Mr. Richard said he was going to fix everything for me. Mm-hmm. This, I like this relationship the more we talk about it. I like Switcher having a Hollywood. Yeah. And Hollywood having a Switcher. Right. So I wasn't sure if this character had to be an LGBT character or not. If they were, then they should probably be paid, played by an actual LGBT character. But... I definitely knew that they should be someone who was very creative, Mm -hmm. very expressive, very funny, which in the 80s apparently meant that you were gay. This is probably the most wackadoo pick, but I picked Taika Waititi. Fascinating. (laughs) I mean, it's not a bad idea. Did you see the Jojo Rabbit trailer? I did. If you can play Hitler and still be like funny and charming and like... Well, here's the thing. This character... If we just want this character to be, like, weird, he's going to nail it. Yeah. <laughs> but he – I don't I don't think he's just, like, just going to be weird. But mm-hmm. I think as someone who's, like, supportive of Switcher, I think I – had, I had a weird pitch about this one, too. Okay. Like, um, I thought it could be funny if Hollywood was sort of like Switcher but a little bit older and wanted – also wanted to, like, be an artist but instead got wrapped up in, like, some corporate bullshit and mm-hmm. is, like, now at this job. And because he supports Switcher, Switcher inspires Hollywood to actually go back and, like, pursue art as well. And um, maybe at the end, like, Switcher goes off – like, she, if we're using the department store as the the rock foundation of what they do as jobs, Mm -hmm. maybe Switcher leaves the department store to go be, like, amazing. And then Hollywood takes over the department store and, like, just does, you know – uh, his version of it and it's equally as good or maybe they both leave together to do like art and and I just sort of saw them as like sort of parallel people which is why they're so, so supportive mm-hmm. here's another question would this movie be better if Hollywood knew Emmy was alive the entire time yes yeah because it's always fun to have that person who like knows about the secret trysts and like so because right now like he's just the sort of accepting guy who like when <laughs> When Switcher takes Emmy into, like, the men's bathroom and everybody's outside, like, oh, we saw him go in there with a mannequin. So, like, Hollywood is just being naturally supportive and it's just like, he's a creative genius. Like, don't worry about it. But I feel like it would be more fun if he was – if he knew what it was so he had to cover, like, more specifically. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Interesting choice. I think seeing it executed would be more interesting than – I can imagine in my head. Because Taika Waititi is kind of a wild card. He can do anything. I know. I think that's why it's like, I had a I had a strong number two, like down the middle. Like, I think this would have been perfect Hollywood, like Hollywood type casting. Mm-hmm. But I just, Taika Waititi got in my head and I was just like, it would just be strange. Like, I don't necessarily <laughs> want Hollywood to be this flamboyant guy but I, I did want him to be someone that you just every time you come on screen it's just like it's almost like Willy Wonka kind of is in this movie in a weird way now that I say that Willy, Taika Waititi might make a perfect Willy Wonka you make a great <laughs> Willy Wonka I'm not mad about that okay who'd you pick okay so for my Hollywood I went a little more straight down the line mm-hmm. um I picked it, someone who originated as a as a YouTuber 
Because it's all about the teens, guys. We're going to get those teens. But those youths. Uh, and someone who is, who does like everything. There's like singing, acting, fashion, drag. He does it all. And who I think has enough perspective of if we wanted to maintain Hollywood as, as somewhat of a larger than life, uh, LGBT character, but make him a little more like, like you said, like I love the idea of, it all being a chain of like if the whole movie is about people figuring out what they're really supposed to do with their lives, then yeah, Hollywood also has to have a story where he's like, I mean, I dress windows and I love fashion and I love doing this, but like this isn't really what I thought I would be doing with my life. And so if he knows about Emmy and she has the opportunity to sort of rub off on him as well, like there is a cute little like tag at the end of the movie where he gets a little something out of yeah. this whole shebang too. Yeah. So I picked someone by the name of Todrick Hall, who you may know from his many online videos. Nope. He was also in a season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Has a huge following. People love him. I think he's great. I think he would be a lot of fun to watch do this. Yeah. Great. Love it. <laughs> Next. I, I, I it's no okay. All the teens listening know who I'm talking great. about. And All teens, the teens. Yeah, I think this would be a great pick. Now, speaking of that, I'm like, why didn't I pick Jonathan Van Ness? <laughs> That's a great question. His face just like exploded. That's a like, great question. Why didn't we pick Jonathan Van Ness? Well, I guess we got egg on our face. Wow, Jonathan Van Ness is is a real is a if Hollywood was a real life person. Yes, like a like an actual like down to earth like human being. Yes. Just wonder if he's ever acted before. I think though because he plays when he does like even like Game of Thrones yeah. and stuff. Like he plays sort of a version of himself. I feel like. That's almost what we would want yeah. is just like a version of himself. All right. Maybe we'll just say like, yep, it should maybe it should have been G- GVN should all the time. Should have been JVN. Oh, well. Wow. Well, let's get to the last of our characters, Barry Pepper. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? What do you think? What do you, what do you? Uh... Um, I picked the... The man himself, Felix, who is in a full police uniform, even though he is a security guard. Um, are we three for three? Did you do two? Yeah, of course. I mean, one, he's yes. an officer of the law, quotes in the law. He's the only other character that I actually like cared about. Um, mm-hmm. Felix played by the irreplaceable G.W. Bailey, who also played a kind of crappy police officer in Police Academy, in the entire series of Police Academy. I just, yeah, I think it would just be a fun place to put Barry Pepper as, like, this night guard who's constantly, like, on the lookout for who is deviant behavior. <laughs> Which didn't make any sense. There would be so many times where they would be having a full-on party in one part of the store, and I'd be like, where is Felix? <laughs> I don't know. He's truly on the prowl for these guys. Um... Any notes on this movie? You got anything? I loved everything about this movie. There's something so charming about it. I really liked it. But you wouldn't remake it. I feel like it has so much runway to be remade. I'll say this and I'll say this and I'm 100% not kidding. We should just write a reboot of this on spec. We should. We should. Absolutely. Because I feel like Let's just cancel this pod. Cuz I feel use like it as like notes for and type it all up. What we just pitched honestly like would would be such it would be one of those things where you would have to read it. Like people would have to read yeah. This story just to see what it's about. Yeah. 
But um, how would we re- account for security cameras in the reboot? Because like, they come into play at the end where like Claire's she's like, like, I got one of those fancy security cameras. And now, video we're, tapes. now we're like, we live in a surveillance state. <laughs> Guys, I'm getting political on this. We, like, <laughs> we live in a surveillance state. The NSA, big brother. Um, but like if wherever they work would have like cameras, like yeah. every office has like a security camera. So like, how would you get around that? I feel like it would sort of have to be a night at the museum scenario. Because here's the thing. Pe- people who aren't Switcher can't see when Emmy moves. So maybe it is a thing of like at the top of the movie, Felix is like, he's doing something. You got to see what it is. And they go to look at the security cameras. Yeah. And it's Switcher just like dancing with a mannequin yeah, through the store. Maybe we just lean into it. And yeah. It's just and like- they're just like, yeah, so the kid's weird, whatever. Yeah. Also, the what seeming randomness of setting this movie in Philadelphia. Like, why He's not just why not just set it in New York? In L.A. Philadelphia means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Philly? You're nothing. You're a trash city. Oh boy! <laughs> couldn't make it as the nation's capital, <laughs> could you? You couldn't cut it. You couldn't cut it. Oh, it's hilarious. All right. Uh, should we get out of here? Yeah. All right. Uh, our apologies to Jonathan Van Ness. We fucked it up. You really deserve really this, JVN. This, this episode. Uh, thanks, guys, so much for joining us this week on The Boot. If you like this episode, please check out our other episodes. Please join us next week. We have a great movie in store for you. Uh, I think we're still sticking in the same decade, so it's, it's kind of like a weird yeah. 80s shuffle here before we roll into our horror movie Halloween season. Yep. Guess what it almost is. <laughs> Um, Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That is the best way to help us out, and you definitely want to help us out. You can also find us now on Ko-fi, where you can go to make a very small donation to help us keep making this wonderful podcast that everybody just keeps denying exists. We recast face-off, guys. Don't even worry we about it. We did it months ago. That link is in our description and all over Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us on social media at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram, or you can find us individually because it's okay to pick favorites at Kim Trent and at Plumby. Oh, I was just being for real. Oh, like People definitely s- like one of us more than the other. That's how podcasts work. Oh, please, what do we need? <laughs> I need those guys. Oh, wow. Okay, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.